And then I just broke it down. My initial goal was to get into the top five. And fortunately, third, fourth, and fifth were running together. So I was very quickly in the top three. And then all of a sudden, it was a positive day. And once you start putting a positive spin on things, um, that positive mindset can really carry you. And that was my fastest marathon ever on the big island. Um, and as much as it was painful to hop off the bike and see that big deficit, it, it drew out a really great performance. And um, I look back on that performance as mentally my best race ever. Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. The legend herself is okay, on. We, we're so excited. It's okay. We, we don't do anything to have Renee on. We don't care if we go be sideways for Hold on, let me just fix this. I was just uh, <laughs> talking about us, Vincent, and our long, illustrious history together. And that truly, uh, my times with Vincent, I'm going to call her Vincent, guys. It's Miranda. Yeah, really. um, but my times together with Rennie, some of my most incredible memories are with Rennie. Uh, some of my most incredible times. We've grown together. She mm -hmm. as an athlete, me as a coach. It's been the most beautiful and fulfilling and amazing relationship. And I'm so grateful to you. Vincent, you mean the world to me. You guys, this is not only one of the greatest champions this sport has ever seen, but she is an absolute champion of a human being. And I love you with all my heart. And now I'll leave it to the club. Truth, truth. <laughs> I, I want to ask the first question, Rin. What have you been up to the last week or so? I see you've been getting into some big bike mileage. <laughs> yeah, um, Julie's group had like a thousand kilometer bike week. I think uh, she just wanted to shake things up. Um, it was kind of a fun challenge, actually. Uh, you know, there's not really that much to be inspired by or um, motivated by at the moment. And I think it was really fun for the group to to kind of tackle just like that challenge. And honestly, like I didn't do the whole thing, <laughs> but I rode um, probably about half of it. And it was so much like we didn't really run a whole lot. So when you're not running and cycling a lot, I mean, I think the whole group were like, Oh, what well, wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And um, they all bounced back pretty quick. They were like, I mean, I guess tired for a few days after for sure. But um, yeah, it was kind of, it was fun. I don't know. I, I really enjoy riding in Colorado at this time of year. It's beautiful out there. The mountains are absolutely stunning. And um, yeah, it was really nice to like have a bit of a focus for the week. Amazing. Now, when you're talking a thousand kilometers in a week, how many mm -hmm. hours um, would that be about every day? Uh, I think they rode about 30 hours for the week. Is that right, Kim? About 30 hours. Um, they just did big days on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So they did like I don't know, seven hours on Monday, like seven and a half on Wednesday, Friday, they probably only did six and a half. And then Sunday, I think they did, I don't know, six, between six and seven. Uh, but like they, you know, they mixed it up. They did like Trail Ridge one day, which is like just an epic ride up, you know, the highest paved mountain um, road, paved road in the US, I think. I could, don't quote me on that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but they did that ride, which is beautiful. I've done that a couple of times. And then 
uh, one of the other days was like uh, Big Thompson, which is my favorite, one of my favorites, um, up to Estes Park. And then they kept going up to, you know, past the lake along the peak to peak highway. And, um, and then what else did they do? Oh, they did Poudre Canyon to, and Wrist Canyon, which is way out north, sort of towards Fort Collins. And they did just another ride kind of out east um, on the flats on the, on the last Sunday to, of nail. Like I think they did 140 miles on the last day or something like that, which is Amazing. a lot of biking. But yeah. Amazing. Um, Mary Carmen, I want you to be able to um, ask some of the team's questions because I know they've got, <laughs> we've got so many questions and we don't want to keep you too long. Yeah. We, we respect your time and everyone's time here. So Hi, Hi, MC. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good so to great you. to see you. Uh, thank you for being here today. First of all, uh, we really appreciate your time and we're so happy. Honestly, like everyone was like, oh my God, Rina's going to be there. Like, no joke. <laughs> we are truly happy to have you. Um, I'm going to start with the first question. Um, it says, when you got off the bike in 2014, date and everything. Uh, and you, Daniela, was almost 15 minutes ahead. Did that deflate you or put more fire in your belly that you could run her down? <laughs> uh, I think if you talk to Siri, she would probably say the fire in her belly was burning bright. Um, and that was evidence because I saw her at about a, maybe half a mile into the run and she was like, I think she told me, you are in the perfect position. She and did, like, I was there. <laughs> And I'm just like, what? what is she watching? Is she watching the same rate? Like, is she in, on this planet? Um, I was a little deflated, to be honest. Um, coming off the bike that far down was certainly, you know, I knew Daniela would be a good runner um, and I knew she was going to be a threat for the whole um, race. You know, it was her first time racing in Kona. Um, and I was defending champion. So I was kind of a little deflated coming off the bike. Um, I felt like I, you know had failed a little bit, but I think, um, you know, I saw Siri and she was fired up as ever. And, um, I kind of got, you know, a mile, you know, half mile saw Siri and then about a mile into the race, I started to, um, get my, just get my head around trying to have my best run performance and nothing else mattered. You know, like I kind of let go of, I'm defending champion. I should be winning this race or like within striking distance of winning this race. And I'm like 15 minutes or 14 and a half minutes behind the lead um just letting go of that and just realizing that okay i know how to race this race um i have experience here i've performed well here i know i've looked after myself on the bike i know i've paced myself well on the bike i did all every single thing right leading into this race siri and i did everything right leading into the race and so then just focused on the positives and how to execute the perfect uh, marathon to to see how far up um i could get and you know and my initial goal i think i was about eighth off the bike and then I just broke it down. My initial goal was to get into the top five. And fortunately, third, fourth, and fifth were running together. So I was very quickly in the top three. And then all of a sudden, it was a positive day. And once you start putting a positive spin on things, um, that positive mindset can really carry you. And that was my fastest marathon ever on the big island. Um, and as much as it was painful to hop off the bike and see that big deficit, it, it drew out a really great performance. And, um, I look back on that performance as mentally my best race ever. I agree with that, Rennie. And just from my perspective, 
I knew that she had raced her race the entire bike ride. And that is what has worked for us. And that's where I thought, okay, she's in perfect position because she will have fueled. She'll have great energy left. She didn't overdo it on the bike and she can run under 250. I know it with all my heart. And she, all she had to do was hunt people down. And I knew that would fire her up. Once she saw how well she was running, I knew that she really was in perfect position 15 minutes down. And man, that was just like one of the greatest days of my life. Um, and I'm sure one of yours, but that was Absolutely. amazing. And mentally just her brilliance in her mental game that day uh, was really inspiring. What did she catch her? It was- I got five, five K to go. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Like out yeah. to the gas station there. Yeah. yeah. So that was amazing. Um, yeah, Vincent, awesome. That's impressive. Next question, MC. Okay, so next question. This is from Janet. It says, during um, Ironman World Championship race week, how do you balance the media hype the days prior to the race? <laughs> yeah, that's a really tough um, thing to balance. And, and, you know, I feel like the, even the first year I went to Kona in 2009, it was a bit of a circus for me. Um, all of a sudden I was kind of the rookie who was expected to come and challenge, you know, the great Chrissy Wellington uh, when she was in her prime on the big Island. And so I think every single year I've gone to Kona, it's been <laughs> the same or very similar. I mean, there are definitely years where it was more crazy than others, but I do have um, a good, great team. You know, I have Siri on the ground with me there. I have um, my managers, uh, Shannon and, and Wendy and we like, probably six or eight weeks in advance start to put together the race week plan. You know, you know, when the, you know, the pro briefing is and the press conference, and then you sort of start to plug in, um, you know, sponsorship appearances, uh, obviously training comes first and, you know, when I need to rest and when I need to train. So just having a really solid plan in place, like well in advance, um, Lee. And, um, <clears throat> like events like maybe doing back-to-back -back a couple of appearances so I'm not you know down at the expo too long or trying to do appearances later in the evening and it's not so hot uh, but honestly it's all kind of part of it and every single year I kind of dread that week but it also it puts you on edge and being on edge like that I think mentally gets you really ready and in the game for the race and so you know, it's kind of a love-hate, I have a love-hate relationship with, with race, race week, but honestly, it comes down to having a really good team around you who can, you know, get you in and out of those appearances on time and um, try and li uh, limit the amount of stress or extra stress. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have a, we have a solid plan in place well in advance. I kind of know exactly what it all, is all going to look like. And, um, yeah, my bodyguards, Siri, and Siri has uh, no problem telling people that, <laughs> I um, cannot talk to them right now and neither does uh, Ian Shannon. So I have my people who make sure I'm doing the right things and getting my feet up and resting. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. That was great. So the next question is from Megan. Um, how are you dealing with not racing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a big adjustment for everybody, uh, just not having a goal. Uh, I think that's the biggest hardship. I mean, I think, you know, at, at this 
time in my career and this many years of racing, I enjoy the training. I enjoy the uh, challenge of, um, you know, the, the process of getting yourself fit and um, doing the miles and doing the hard yards. It's more like not really having an end goal and not really knowing like how much you need to be right now or how little you need to be pushing. And um, that's been the, the toughest. But honestly, I, I kind of tried to just embrace this time. You know, I've been in the sport for a long, long time. And also obviously my husband has as well. And, you know, we have our little, our little daughter, Izzy, who is a, such a you know, wonderful distraction. So spending more time with her, um, this is the longest we've been able to spend at home in Boulder. And normally this time of year is crazy. We're traveling, we're racing, we're, um, you know, kind of just work, you know, working really hard to prepare for October. And it's kind of just a nice to take a deep breath. And, um, you know, I mean, this past weekend, we just went up the mountains. Um, we're going to go back up the mountains next weekend. So it's really nice to take this opportunity to um, do things that we wouldn't normally do. And, you know, I'm hopeful that racing will return um, sooner than later. I, I feel like it probably is going to be sometime next year. Um, but I'm kind of, I've got my head around that now. And, um, yeah, I'm just kind of enjoying, you know, time with my family and downtime because, you know, before, before long we'll be back at it. And, um, yeah, I think there's positives in every situation and we're just looking for those. Great answer. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so the next question is from Berta. So hi, Rini, I'm from Mexico and I often feel negative, or sorry, and often I get negative comments from being a girl in sports. Almost always saying to not do it as good as men. Oh, this is good. <laughs> Have you ever faced negative comments or attitudes towards you for being a woman in endurance sports? And if so, how did you manage your mindset? Uh, you know, I, I can't even remember a time when I, or at least maybe I just put them out of my mind. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's been negativity being a, um, a professional female triathlete, but I, I kind of, I don't know, I, I don't even acknowledge them or, or I kind of let them slip off, you know, off my back. I mean, you know, I'm doing something that I really love um, and I've been pretty successful at doing that thing. <laughs> and honestly, most of the um, comments and most of the feedback I've gotten has been really positive. I haven't really gotten too much negative negativity and um, no, mostly respect. And I don't know if, again, if that, if that's just me not listening to the, the, the noise, the, the negative noise and more focusing on the positive noise. But honestly, I can't, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you know, there are definitely people that, you know, make, make comments, but um, not really in regard to me being a professional um, female athlete. So I haven't really yeah. dealt with that. Great answer, Vincent. And guys, I would say to that, that, you know, you decide who you want to let in, you know, whose voice you want to hear, whose, you know, opinions you want to listen to, you decide. And Rini doesn't let the negativity in. She doesn't invite it in. And that's one of the things that has really made her so successful. One of the millions of things that has made her so successful. <laughs> but don't let that negativity in. You have the choice. You make the decision. Yeah. MC, let's say, I, I respect your time so much. Uh, Rini, I know we told you 15 minutes. Would you be up for one more question? 
Yeah, no problem. MC, you picked the best question in there. It's up to you. Oh, man, I should have read through them. <laughs> you see, Siri, Siri, even even in uh, you know on online, she's uh she's respectful of my time. I don't have a race to do this weekend, Siri. I'm good for time. <laughs> oh, can you do two more questions then? I, I can do two more. Siri wants one of them. Okay, awesome, great. I know I'm super protective of you. You know that. So. <laughs> yes. But thank you for being so generous. We'll do two no. more questions. Then. Let's see. You should do Becky's and Gabrielle's, like if you can. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. So I think this is a good one. What is the best piece of advice you can give us regarding setting goals and working towards those goals during this big off-season period? Um, I, so the question is just about basically setting goals and like best advice about setting. Yeah, especially for right now that, I mean, it's hard to set a goal if there's no races coming. Yeah. So what would you say... Um, like, what are you doing right now if you're not able to, like, set specific goals for races? Like, how are you going on with setting goals right now? Well, I think, I think the most important thing with goal setting is to have a really strong vision of what your end goal is. So, um, you know, throughout my career, you know, it's shifted, you know, in, you know, the past couple of years. But that Kona goal and winning that world championship and being the best I could be on that island, being the fastest ever on, on that island was my driving force when I, you know, was racing in my prime. And that's not to say I'm, I'm done because I'm certainly not done yet. But, um, yeah, like having a really, really strong goal end game. And, you know, after that, then you put in the smaller goals and the smaller... Um, yeah, so like having a basically having a really really strong vision of what your major major goal is. So at the end, five year goal, ten year goal, whatever, whatever that is, have, having it so strong that you think about it every day, you feel it, you believe it, you live it, you you know breathe it, all of that. Then you come back to the smaller goals, and this is a year that is uncertain for everybody. Um, but that's not to say that there aren't things you can work on. And specifically in, you know, in life, but in sports too, there is always weaknesses. There is always things that you can work on in this time. And, you know, this could be a great time to work on those weaknesses that you sometimes, you know, when you have so many races coming up, you kind of get carried away with getting fit and getting ready for your race. And you overlook, you know, the small details or the niggles or, you know, whatever uh, you might have a, a small injury that you've kind of been putting a band-aid over um, now it's time to rehab that injury and make it strong than it's ever been before um, we certainly try to do this in the off season normally but now you basically have a whole year um, to look at those weaknesses and turn them into strengths uh, but I think you know having motivation to do that is having a strong enough goal or a strong enough vision of what you're trying to achieve um, and then it's kind of easy to you know, get up and, and do the um, mundane, the small tasks um, that will get you there. And so, yeah, I mean, yes, you can set, you know, short-term, medium-term, long-term goals, but I've really always had just a really strong vision of what my major goal was and <clears throat> had a really good team around me to help me um, take the steps to get there. And the steps can be daunting or, you know, you could be so far away from your goal. But I think if you believe in it enough, 
then you are willing to do what it takes to get there. And that's kind of how I look at kind of goal setting and um, being motivated to, to do the, the work to get there. <clears throat> awesome. Amazing. Answer. I actually want to ask something to expand on that question. Uh, so first, do you think your goals changed uh, since you had easy? And then would you mind sharing what that big goal for you has been since you started the sport? My big, big, big goal were basically since I kind of, since I started probably a few years in after I like found out about Ironman was to, you know, win Kona and not only win Kona, I, you know, never told anyone this in the beginning, obviously Siri would have had some insight, but I wanted to win Kona. I wanted to be the fastest, faster than anyone else. And I wanted to win it more than once. And that was a goal that I had when I was like, you know, back in 2005, 2006, um, when I'd never done an Ironman before, I, you know, I was okay at ITU distance racing, pretty good at half Ironman distance racing. Uh, but that was just like a belief and a goal that I had. Um, and, you know, fast forward to now and you know, I have, was able to achieve those goals. And I think the reason I was able to achieve them is because they were so powerful and so strong. Um, and I just, always had them in the back of my mind with everything that I did, every session that I did, every like hard session, every uh, session I failed, every race I did well or did poorly. Um, you know, the bad races are the races that you learn from um, and work, you know, forward from. Um, uh, the second part of your question was after having Izzy, um, how have those goals changed? And after having Izzy, it was like, climbing up the mountain again, honestly, um, seeing, you know, how good I could be as a mother. I was, felt like I was a different person. Um, I'm, I am a different person, but I'm also not, not a different person. So yeah, it was kind of like, uh, what can Izzy's mum do? Um, so that became my new, <laughs> new goal, um, after having Izzy. So yeah. That's awesome. Vincent, um, every athlete has, something that they don't like doing. They either don't like swimming, they don't like biking, they don't like running. Now you kind of, you embraced all of it always so passionately because you had such a powerful reason why you wanted to be the best you you could be. But what would be the one thing, it could be a session or uh, something that you had to do that you really didn't want to do I'm that you were either afraid of or, or just- No, you know the answer really to this question. Like <laughs> You know the answer to this question. I know, but I, I know, but I want to Like, what would that be? And how did you get yourself to embrace it and, and use it? And how did that benefit you? My, like, most um, dreaded dis, uh, session that I just, like, did not like every single week was you. It, well, initially it was 6100s in the pool. And then it was a little more like 5100s. But every Sunday after a long run, you're exhausted. The last thing you want to do is go to the pool by yourself and do anything. Like well, just getting out of the door and going to the pool was a challenge. But getting in and having to do a, like a hard session, that was like the hardest swim session for me of the week because after that long run and after Saturday, um, generally you're just exhausted. And I always was so mad at Siri for putting this on my program. And every single time she would say to me, you need this, it's good for you. And so I would reluctantly go to the 
pool and do the session. Sometimes I would make it, sometimes I would not make it. Um, usually I would be mad while I was doing it, <laughs> but it definitely helped me in the long run. Um, I mean, I, I, there was probably, there was probably the last couple of years where, um, Siri didn't put in my program as much because I basically wouldn't do it. Um, <laughs> because I just was like, after, I don't know, eight years or nine years of doing it, I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm. But I think, as I mentioned earlier, I would go to the gym, to the pool and I would do that session because I knew that it would help me toward my goal. And that's all that mattered at the end of the day. What, like whatever it takes to be the best athlete that I can be on the big Island in October, I'm going to do as much as like I detested that session. Amazing. <laughs> so you were connected to your why the whole time and that's what led you there. Yes. <clears throat> and guys, so, yeah, just... I would, a week wouldn't go by without ticking off that session. If it was on the program. So let me explain a little guys and just a reminder for my Vincent here is that we very rarely ran over two hours and obviously running. Wait, say that again, because a lot of our athletes question why they're not running over two hours. Yes. I mean, Vincent, we very rarely ever ran over two hours, but in, mind you, she covered 40 K in two hours, but in Kona, you're going to run a marathon, not in two hours. You're going to be out there first of all, all day long, which we are training you to be able to go the distance from start to finish. And in my brain, I was thinking that you go out, you do your two hour run, and then you're gonna go do another 90 minutes, which would take you to three and a half hours of aerobic work and flush out your legs and get the strength back in your arms because we lose strength when we do long runs, we lose strength in our upper body. Get the upper body strength back, get that extra hour and a half of being aerobic and that's kind of training your body for what's to come on race day. And Vincent, thank you for so many years dedicating yourself <laughs> to getting that done. Um, I really believed in it with all my heart and I appreciate that. But guess what? You don't ever have to do that again. <laughs> yes. Let's just I'll do like one, one more. I'll be like stuff. 50. I'll be like, I'm going to just do this one time just to see. And I, I bet you I still hate it. Please call yeah. me. Yeah. I'll just call me. I want to come. I'll do it with you. Okay. Yeah. I'll sell. I will absolutely be celebrating. Okay. So let me know. So MC, we yeah. can probably wrap up two in one for the last question. Um, Rin, you probably get this all the time. What is your favorite, uh, basically your favorite run workout and your favorite race, I guess, other than Kona? My favorite run workout is uh, like 23 minutes on the treadmill. Um, cool. Because... I knew when I could nail that session um, that I, w I was going to run fast. And, um, you know, we would work up to that. Um, you know, actually, we'd usually start at 15, so we wouldn't really work up <laughs> that much. But uh, sort of, you know, the back half of the season, you know, probably at least once a fortnight we would do, once every two weeks we would do that run session. And uh, by the time I got to Kona, two weeks out, I was doing that session at, like, you know, really solid pace and it was just easy and building up to have it feel that easy. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's, it can be tough, but once you, once you get to do that session and, and it feels so easy, it's amazing. Um, and yes, so that's yes. my favorite, favorite run session. And what was the other question back? Your favorite race other than Kona. Um, like a destination. Probably race. Roth. 
Yeah. Honestly, that was like, you know, one of the greatest experiences. I mean, I've done a lot, a lot of races around the world and there are a lot of others that come, come to mind, but Roth was just such a special experience. Um, yeah, they put, I mean, it's all about the athlete and I mean, doing that race in 2014, no disrespect to racing in Kona, but they just care about you. Like you, you kind of remember why you know, you feel like just kind of part of the puzzle in Kona, you're not really a priority or, um, I don't know. I feel like you don't get the respect you deserve as a professional athlete, like making it to Kona and racing in Kona, but racing in Roth, like from the age groupers to the professionals, like it just feels like they really just care. And that's just really nice. I mean, it's the little things that they do. It's nothing big. I mean, it's, it's just all the little things that they do for the athletes that make you realize why you're in the sport and why you love the sport so much. So that was a really nice experience. Awesome. And you went like <laughs> eight thirty something there, right? I don't know. It was fucking fun. Was, I was there watching. <laughs> I was in bliss all day. It was an amazing, it was an amazing. Uh, it was a, yeah, it was a great day. Rennie, we want to thank you for being such an incredible role model and inspiration. Um, little do you know it, you're a mentor to thousands just by people watching how you live your life as a mom, as an athlete, as a wife, as a friend. Um, and we want to thank you for being such a, a beautiful human and for inspiring us with your brilliant um, results. And I want to thank you personally for playing such a huge role in my life. I love you dearly and I'm so <laughs> proud of you every second of every day. Yeah, you know, and you know it's all right back at you, Siri. I love you so much and you also, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be here, wouldn't have achieved what I have without your guidance. So, you know that and appreciate it always. Wait, Rin, can we get one of these? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <that's laughs> true. Oh, mine's a different one. This oh, is oh, I like the way you're doing that. But you got to be slick about it, like, hey. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, let's all say thank you to Rini. My pleasure. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Um, and we love you. Love you, Rini. Thank you. Love you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Rin. All right, guys. We love you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi there, Cam here again. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, if you want to join these chats live and get access to all the other great benefits of Team Serious Tri Club, you can do so by joining the club at teamseriousstriclub.com.